You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. This time of the year, everybody is looking at their goals and they're looking at their achievements. They're comparing themselves to those people around them. And many people will ask them, what is my greatest achievement up to date? Have you answered that question for yourself? What is my greatest achievement here on earth? Your greatest achievement here on earth is not even just to love God. Although it's important to love God. Whatever you've achieved up to now is not even something to boast about because many of your achievements, that you've, the things that you've achieved, they're not constant. That's why we need Jesus Christ in our lives. This time of the year, people make decisions. They're under pressure. They haven't reached their deadlines, their goals. Thinking of, I'm just going to leave this work. I've had it. Don't make big decisions when you're under pressure. Don't just resign this time of the year. Everybody is under pressure. If you can see this pressure through right now, you more than likely will get the promotion next year. Turn to the person next to you and say, bite the bullet. You know what's the amazing thing is that God is interested in your life. What's going on? God sent Jesus Christ to bring a solution to help you. In the Bible, we have a story about one of David's offspring, King Ahaz. I want to read it to you. Many people ask God for a sign. Have you asked God for a sign? Have you asked God, just give me a sign, just show me. So Isaiah 7. I'm reading from verse 10, from the Passion Translation. Again, Lord Yahweh spoke to Ahaz, that's the king. Go ahead, ask for a sign from Yahweh, your God. Ask for something big, so miraculous, that you will know only God did it. Here's the offspring of David. David was the one who said, Lord, I want to build you a house. And God said to David, because you want to build me a house, I'm going to build your house. So in other words, his offspring are receiving this blessing. And here God comes to him and says, okay, you ask me a sign. Listen to his response. Ahaz answered, I will not ask. I won't attempt to test the Lord Yahweh. Family, if God says, ask a sign, that's false humility. Actually, arrogance. When God tells you something and now you say, no. I'm not going to. God is saying to him, ask for a sign. Ahaz answered, I will not ask. I won't attempt to test the Lord. So Isaiah said, pay attention, family of David. It's bad enough to try the patience of a prophet. But even worse, when you try the patience of my God as well, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will name him God among us. Oh, Emmanuel, God is with us. He says, I'm not going to ask for a sign. He says, you didn't want to ask for a sign. I'm going to give you the sign in any case. God with us. Do you need a sign in your situation? God is with you. Whatever you are facing right now, God is with you. The promise that you're holding on to, if we look at 
Abraham, the promise that was made to Abraham. What was that promise? That promise that was made to Abraham was God's presence. Go to Galatians 3, verse 14. Jesus, our Messiah, was cursed in our place and in so doing dissolved the curse from our lives so that all the blessings of Abraham can be poured out upon even non-Jewish believers. Are you non-Jewish here? So it means Christ made a way for the blessings of Abraham to be upon you. And now God gives us the promise of the wonderful Holy Spirit who lives within us when we believe in Him. Family, once you are born again, you are blessed with every blessing that's in Christ Jesus. God made a promise and He said, I've made a way for the Holy Spirit to be with you. In the book of Isaiah, the prophet said, I'll give you a sign. God will be with you. Galatians 4 verse 6. If you go read Acts chapter 2 verse 4, it says, At the day of Pentecost, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. So the most important thing is to have God in your life. The first work of the Holy Spirit when you accept the Lord Jesus Christ is to regenerate your spirit and to make you one with God. All were filled with the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 14 teaches us that when we pray, we pray in the Spirit. How many people today are praying prayers without the Holy Spirit? If you go read Genesis 5 verse 22, you'll see it says, Enoch was a man that walked with God. Genesis 6, the next one, think here by verse 14, talks about Noah who found grace in the eyes of God. And in his generation, he was perfect. And he walked with God. So when we ask ourselves, what is the greatest achievement here on earth? It's for man to walk with God. When you walk with somebody, it means you are communicating with that person. What did the disciples say to Jesus? Teach us how to make money. Teach us how to be successful. Teach me how to be the greatest. Teach me how to become a CEO in six steps. Did they do that? They said, no. Teach us how to pray. Teach us how to communicate with God in the right way so that God would be able to communicate with us. The greatest mistake most people make is they think prayer is when people come together and they tell God what to do. You can be a man of prayer and still not be a man of faith. Galatians 4 verse 6. Many people today are very clever in having heard a lot of messages, but they're not very clever in obeying. What do I mean? I mean the church is educated beyond their obedience. Galatians 4 verse 6. And so that we would know for sure that we are His true children, God released the spirit of sonship into our hearts. 
Moving us to cry out intimately, my father, you're our true father. What does this teach us? When you have received the Holy Spirit, the spirit of adoption, and you know that you're a son and a daughter of the Most High God, prayer is something that comes naturally. I mean, when you know you're in relationship with God, and God is in relationship with you, communication, prayer will be something that's natural. Daniel was in a relationship with God. When the decree was made that you're going to be fed to the lions if you bow your knee to God again. The Bible says in Daniel 6 verse 10, as was his custom, he went down on his knees and he gave thanks to God that day three times. Giving thanks to God was a natural thing for him. Is communicating with God a natural thing? This communication that we're talking about is communication that comes from your heart. When your heart is engaged with God. Many people pray today, but not from their hearts, from their minds. Make their little list. I have to ask God for this and this and this. Okay, this is a tough one. I think tomorrow I will fast. If I fast, then God at least will listen. And your Christian life that you live is a life that you live from here and not from here. Fasting, if it's not led by the Spirit, will not produce any life in your life. Even when most people want to pray, it's their own desires. The Lord knows my heart. You don't even know your own heart. Now you want to tell me the Lord knows your heart. Can I talk to believers here this morning? Amen. Talking here to Christians to help you. Because you are frustrated about certain situations and you don't know why. Why have I been praying so long and no change has come? The real you is not what we see. The real you is your heart. What's going on in your heart? The real you is not you coming in here smiling and saying, you've got the most beautiful smile in the church. You should greet everybody. But that outwardly on the inside, you're like, hmm. God looks at your heart, not your outward smile. Pray is the master key. If you are communicating with God, you will know God's opinion about you. And you'll know God's opinion about others. But if you are walking and you're observing everything from here, serving Jesus from here, it will only be your opinion and what you read and what you hear. If we know prayer is the master key, everybody should be looking for that key. In the case of Daniel, it was the king who said, Daniel 6 verse 14. The king said, may the Lord whom you serve continually deliver you. This is the challenge that we have in Christians' lives today. They're not serving God continually. The Bible says, you have to pray without ceasing. How is that possible? Can you pray the whole time? No. Right now you are sitting here listening to me. But in your spirit, in your heart, you can be praying. You don't have to jump up now and blah, blah, blah. you'll interrupt the service. While you are sitting here, you should be communicating with God. Saying, God, oh, what you've just said there, I'm guilty. Please forgive me. Lord, what 
you're saying here, help me to change. Now you are communicating with God and God is communicating with you. But the problem is today is that we just want to tell God what to do and we think that's prayer. And the Bible teaches us that when you want to pray in that way, you pray for selfish reasons, for materialistic reasons. The greatest achievement on earth is to be able to pray God's will. To know what God's will is and to be able to pray it. What did Jesus say when they said, teach us how to pray? He says, let me teach you how to pray. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Here on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus prayed to his Father and he said, Father, if there's any way that this cup can pass me by, let it pass me by. Not my will, Lord, but your will be done. What does that mean? As a son, he knew God heard his prayer. As a son, he knew God was aware of his prayer. But it was not the will of the Father. So sometimes there's prayers that won't be answered because it's unchangeable events in your life. But even then, if it's an unchangeable event and you know God has heard you, you also know that even if that situation does not yield to what you want, in the end it will glorify the name of Jesus. And you can go like a Daniel on your knees, not panic and say, thank you, Jesus. Go to Romans 12 quickly. The Bible says, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. James 5. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Righteousness means that he who knew no sin became sin so that you can be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It means for your prayers to be effective, to come from your heart. From your heart. Before you say it, the words that you say, it needs your heart's full agreement. It means you have to sanctify your heart before you pray. Many of you, when you hear a bad report, you go into a panic and a flat spin. Did you see what this person wanted to do now at work? Can you imagine? Sister, let's just go quickly down to where we pray. Let's just pray against this person. You're not saying anything because some of you are doing it. Did Daniel call Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and say, you won't believe what this evil king is doing? Let's have an intercessory warfare meeting now and rebuke him. Let's at my place. Did Daniel say that? How many rebuke sessions have you had? You must sanctify your heart and get God's opinion about a person before you pray for them. Many prayer meetings are gossip meetings. There's no faith. Oh Lord, we want to pray for Johnny. The bottle, oh Lord, you know about the bottle. If it was only one bottle, but it's three bottles, Lord. Not a week, per day. Oh Lord. And you know how it's making Susie react now. Oh Lord, 
That tongue of hers, Lord, only you can sanctify that tongue, O oh Lord. I'm sure the marks against the wallpaper is that tongue of hers. When she curses, the wallpaper comes off, Lord. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> and you're gossiping about people in Jesus' name. <laughs> if you knew Saul before his way on to Damascus, what would your praise be? Lord, the Saul, rebuke him, Lord. Lord, I think you have to kill him, Lord. Stop him. All the Christians that he has killed, Lord, Lord, you said. What he has done, Lord, just multiply it. Let his death even be worse as those martyrs that he martyred, Lord. But if you knew everything he would write, your prayers would be, Lord, Saul, you've called him to write two-thirds. Make haste, O Lord. Stretch forth your mighty right hand. Save this man. Let the Damascus experience come sooner, Lord, that he can serve you. Now you have heaven's opinion, your prayers will change. The greatest achievement is to pray according to God's will. If you truly believe that you know the thoughts of the Lord towards you and towards others, thoughts of peace and not of evil, your prayers will change. Say, Lord, your will and not my will be done. Can you see why the Lord cannot trust many people to pray for people? Because if you had the power to call fire from heaven, you'll be hurting people and not helping people. Romans 12, verse 1. Beloved friends, what should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? I encourage you to surrender yourselves to God to be His sacred living sacrifices. And live in holiness, experiencing all that delights his heart. For this becomes your genuine expression of worship. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you. But inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will. As you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. The new King James says, become a living sacrifice. Become a living sacrifice. In our prayers, we should get God's opinion about ourselves and about those people around us. Family, prayer is a lifestyle. Not just something you do occasionally. It is a lifestyle where you are continually communicating with God and God is communicating with you. Whether you find yourself in church, whether you find yourself at work, whether you find yourself with family or in a conflict situation. It's there where we need God's opinion. Where is God going to communicate? God communicates in your heart that's why you have to sanctify and cleanse your heart when people say i hear god speaking in my ears it's not god when people say they hear god it's not god in the old testament you'll hear they'll say thus saith the lord and the prophet would speak but in the new testament you'll hear verily verily i say unto you why because the holy spirit is now on the inside of you 
And the communication point is your heart, your conscience. That's why in your heart, your spirit, it's here where the devil will plant seeds. That's why you have to make sure that the word of God dominates your heart. Even when you pray, the Bible says the word of God has the ability to discern the intents and the thoughts of your heart. So when it cuts, it will show you what you want to do, what you want to say. Is it the truth? Is it not the truth? Does it have heaven's approval? Doesn't it have heaven's approval? So you can sit here. Let me use a simple example. Say I'm sitting here now, and there's something that comes and says, Oh, Pierre is now married to Marlene. And something comes, I must marry Marlene. I think, I heard a voice. Marry Marlene. Immediately I can view it in the light of God's word. She's married to him. One man, one woman from the beginning. That's what God wanted. Even if I saw an angel, even if the biggest prophet gave me a word, the word of God is still the ultimate authority, and it's no. God hates divorce. If you've gone through a divorce, it's not the unpardonable sin. You can learn from it. Amen? And you can make right where you can make right. Amen? Become a living sacrifice. We have to view everything in the light of God's word. Do you know how you make wrong decisions? How you start to pray wrong? Because you allow wrong things in your heart. Family, listen, let me tell you something. Nobody just sins. I went on the business meeting and it just happened. You're lying. It didn't just happen. Not if you're a Christian. It didn't just happen. The Bible tells us how it happens. Old Testament tells us and New Testament tells us. Psalm 1 teaches us, you first walk with them. Then you stand with them. Then you sit with them. So you first just check it out. Now, at least I'm not doing what they're doing. Just going with them. Maybe I'll have an opportunity to minister to them. Bad company corrupts good morals. There's certain places you should not be. There's certain places that will corrupt you. So listen. It will affect your heart. And if it affects your heart, it will affect your conscience. And it will affect your relationship with Jesus. Amen? Are you a Christian? Remember, I'm talking to Christians here today. If you're not a Christian, you can just listen. Amen? Maybe you can apply some of it and it can help you. We're not here to judge or condemn anybody. Go to James chapter 1. Let me show you. What am I saying? I say be in an attitude of prayer in your heart, not just with your lips. Be in an attitude of prayer in your heart at all times, not just with your lips. Jesus said, these people worship me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. James 1 verse 12. Many people make the mistake and they think by their right behavior and good, doing good things, they will have more faith. It is faith that produces a right behavior and good deeds. If I want to become a better pastor, I become a better pastor by faith. If I want to become a better husband, I become a better husband by faith. If your faith remains strong, even while surrounded by life's difficulties, 
You will continue to express the untold blessings of God. True happiness comes as you pass the test with faith and receive the victorious crown of life promised to every lover of God. When you are tempted, don't ever say God is tempting me, for God is incapable of being tempted by evil, and He is never the source of temptation. Instead, it is each person's own desires and thoughts that drag them into evil and lure them away into darkness. Evil desires give birth to evil actions, and when sin is fully mature, it can murder you. So my friends, don't be fooled by your own desires. What is that small thing that you've allowed into your heart? You think it's innocent, but if you leave it, it can produce death in your life. Make sure that you uproot it. Let me hear you say, precious father, uproot everything that's not of you and plant everything that's of you. The greatest problem that we have when it comes to prayer and every area in our lives is not giving Jesus Christ the rightful place in your heart. When people offend you, you hold on to that grudge. Not realizing what it will do to you. That one wrong program that you start watching on TV. You know, like David. At the appointed time when kings go out to war, he stayed at home. And then he didn't just stay at home, he went out on his balcony because he had the highest house. So he could look down on all the different channels, the different roofs where ladies were bathing. That certain TV channels at 11 o'clock at night. And it was first just he saw and then he looked. Listen to me, to see something is not a sin. We see many evil and wrong things around us every day. It's the looking that is the problem. Because as soon as you look, that thing will come into your heart. And now you start meditating about it and you start thinking about it and the roots start growing and then it starts producing fruit. And it starts to affect your prayer life and you don't even know it. Do you know what the Bible says about Samson? It says the Spirit of God had departed from him and he did not know it because of his disobedience. Go read it. Go take time and read it. The Spirit of God had departed from him and he did not know it. Do you know what that means? In church, this is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made. He was singing all the songs, doing all the dances. Singing all his favorite songs. Praying all his prayers. And the presence of God had departed. If you want to pray effective prayers to God, make sure that the Holy Spirit is here to work. I know you want your prayers to be effective. But for your prayers to be effective, you have to deal with these things. Psalm 66 verse 18. Yet if I had closed my eyes to my sin, the Lord God would have closed his ears to my prayer. But praises rise to God, for he paid attention to my prayer and answered my cry to him. If you close your eyes to the things that you are doing, don't be surprised if God's ears are closed. 
Now, let me just say this. This is Old Testament. This is Old Testament. So God hears all our prayers. God is aware of your situation. But faith is the thing that pleases God. And God says his eyes are upon the righteous. So if you want God's eyes to find you and God's ears to hear you, make sure that your heart is righteous. I've just given you the secret to effective prayer. Now you know why your prayers have felt like you were on a rocky road. Amen? My people perish because of a lack of knowledge. Verse 16. Confess and acknowledge how you have offended one another and then pray for one another to be instantly healed. Have you offended people? Have people offended you? Now it's very quiet. I don't even want to talk about it, Pastor. We're talking about communication. As Christ has forgiven you, you have to forgive. Remember, for you to have a pure heart, you need to meditate upon the Word of God. Because the Word of God has the ability to sanctify you, to cleanse you, to purify you, to heal you, to deliver you. This is the power of the Word of God. That's why you have to read it and meditate upon it. Do you want to become a better person? A better person is determined by a better heart. So if you want to change, you have to change on the inside first. Your behavior is determined by your heart. What you say to people is determined by your heart. Out of the abundance of your heart, you will speak. So if your heart is full of faith, faith will come out of your mouth. If your heart is full of hope for this country, hope for this country will come out of your mouth. If your heart is not full of hope, you'll say, oh, we have to go, we have to flee, we have to. Confess and acknowledge how you have offended one another, then pray for one another to be instantly healed. For tremendous power is released through the passionate, heartfelt prayer of a godly believer. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man. Effective prayer is prayer in the spirit. There where you know you've been accepted by God and you can shout from in, within, Abba, Father. Then prayer is spontaneous. The effective prayer is prayer in the spirit. Fervency. That comes from your heart. Heartfelt prayer of a righteous man. That is your position that you hold in Jesus Christ. Family, do you know why your prayers feel like they're hitting the ceiling? Because you're praying from the wrong position. We are seated in heavenly places. The way that you enter into the Holy of Holies, Hebrews teaches us, is by the blood of the Lamb. As soon as you talk about the blood of the Lamb, you talk about forgiveness for you, for yourself, and forgiveness for others. That's what the Bible teaches when you want to confess, when you pray, when you receive it, declare it, believe it. You know all of that. What does the next verse say? And when you have something against your brother, make right, forgive him. So if you want your prayers to be more effective, allow the word of God to sanctify your heart. If you want your prayers to line up more with the will of God, just read the will of God. How did Joshua's ways become successful? Joshua 1 verse 8. If you meditate, if you obey, 
if you do, your ways will become successful. Meditate in my word, Joshua. Think upon it. Don't just think about it. Start doing it and obeying it. And you'll see your ways will become successful. When you walk with God and you're aware of His Word, there's constant communication. It's here when you start praying without ceasing. Even now, while I am talking to you, in my spirit, I'm praying. Lord, what should I still say? Should I stop now? Should I share something more? Because when I'm ministering, go read Ezekiel 44. I'm closing with this, Ezekiel 44. God comes and he speaks to the priests. And all of us today, we've become a holy priesthood. You're allowed to enter into the Holy of Holies. He said, these preachers, these priests, these Levites that bring idols into my house. And that, those idols, it talks about money. He says, if you want to bring these things and make it about money... He says, go put aside true Levites, true priests, and let them come and minister to me. But these that want to follow these idols, let them take care of the people's needs. But they're not allowed to come and minister to me. Family, we are here to worship God in spirit and in truth. We are here to pray in spirit and in truth. We are here to communicate with God in spirit and in truth. You know what God was saying there? He's saying the people are hearing them. And they're hearing themselves. But I'm not interested. Because they've placed another idol before me. When I'm preaching now to the word that you are hearing, I'm not actually preaching to you. Right now, I'm ministering God's word that he gave me. I'm ministering it back to him. And I need heaven to approve what I'm saying to you. I need to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. That's why I want to stay close to the word of God. As I'm ministering it, you are also hearing it. And you're sitting here and you can receive it or you can reject it. But both of us right now ought to be in communication with God. God communicating to us and we communicating to God, responding and saying, Lord, I'm going to be willing. I'm going to be obedient. Even when you walk out here, you can listen to what God is saying. The greatest achievement is to be able to pray the will of God. When you're communicating with God, you'll know God's opinion about yourself and God's opinion about others. Even if you find yourself in a difficult situation, the Lord will lead you out of that situation because you're in communication with him. Go read the book of Isaiah. He says, don't be afraid. I'm with you. I'll walk with you. I'm going to grab your hand. Go read David in Psalm 91. In the time of trouble, I will be with you. I'm closing with this. Mark 16. You can go read. I started with Isaiah that said, Emmanuel, God with us. In Mark 16, from verse 16 to 18, you can go read. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to the poor. He says, go and minister to them. Get them saved, get them baptized, lay hands on them, deliver them, do whatever you have to do. Go read it. The Great Commission. He says, all these signs will follow you. Go and do these things. But in Matthew 28, verse 18, you can go read. He 
he gives the same instruction. And he says, go into the world. Go get them saved. Go baptize them. For I am with you. He doesn't say, go heal the sick, go cast. He just says, I'm with you. What does it mean? It means if God is with you, you can expect the deliverance, the breakthrough, whatever you are trusting with him. That is the most important thing. When God is with you and you are walking with God and communicating with God and God is communicating with you, you are blessed already with every blessing in Christ Jesus and you know the end that the Lord has intended for you. So you can be at peace at all times. See you Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ. Loving God. Loving people.